Thank God it's Free Range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now.
101.5 UMFM, this is Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Ozen, kicking things off for us tonight. One of my favorite songs from 2015 from her album, Si Roar, that's Marie-Pierre Arthur with Rien à faire. And uh, kicking off with that one, because uh, Arthur is at Festival tonight, uh, playing the Tante Rivière Rouge as part of Festival de Voyageur. Uh, at uh, 9.45. So if you're listening to this, you still got time to head down to the festival grounds and uh, check it out. Strongly recommend. Love, love me, Marie-Pierre, too. Uh, we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, coming up uh, a little later as part of my uh, Black History Month stuff, uh, I'm going to be talking to one of UMFM's newest hosts, Rumbidza Siobonwea, who hosts the Pan-Africanist Thursday afternoons at 4 p.m., uh, plays music from around the continent. Uh, however, I had her on to talk about Amapiano, a style of music that was entirely new to me. And uh, hopefully, if you don't know the style, you'll learn a little bit of something when we talk around 7 o'clock. Before that, though, Taylor Jansen set to release I Live in Patterns March 3rd, special show at the Goodwill brought to you by Real Love. Uh, I spoke to Taylor about the new record and uh, our interview will air after another local artist with a new track. Cassidy Mann just dropped a single today called Along for the Ride. Keep it locked here on 101.5 UMFM. Mm-hmm. Your mom always liked the colors that I'd wear. Say she missed me there I was your sidekick, your right hand man You had the blueprints, the better plan It was easier to love Someone else's dream Choose it. 
someone else's dream. If all of it blew up, at least it wouldn't be on me. Body heat on the passenger side, can't hit the brakes if you're on. Well, March 3rd is the release date for I Live in Patterns. It is also the hometown show at the Goodwill Social Club. Taylor Jansen joins me on the line. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm excited. I got a chance to listen to this record uh, uh, this week in, in advance of talking to you and uh, excited to kind of get your thoughts about the creative process. Um, I mean, this is your this is your debut full length. Did, did you view this in a different way than you did like past releases? Like, was there some more pressure or anticipation or like what was your headspace at in working on this record? Yeah, I think I have had such a long process with this record. I finished writing it um, about a week before the pandemic started. Mm. And then about six months into the pandemic, I decided that I hated it and I started over. Oh, wow. and so the new version of the record has been sitting with me for like a year and a half now and i have i guess the reason it's taken so long to come out is because i wanted it to be perfect first of all i wanted it to feel like a real representation of you know myself as an artist Mm -hmm. Uh, so i have treated it a lot more with a lot more reverence than i would a shorter term project i guess it is my first record and it's full of songs that are older and newer and like this is like you know my chance to get the older songs out in a way that i love right so did you abandon some songs or did you just like rework the songs like you were like i'm not happy with these songs as they exist in these recordings and i'm gonna go back and, and rework i abandoned them. like 80 percent of the songs oh wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, is that a reflection of like who you were kind of post beginning of the pandemic and like changing mind state or like did you have like a sort of like schism in terms of like creatively like oh this is a different me now yeah I think I just changed so much I think so many people changed over that period of time and I found myself wanting to update it a little bit I didn't I found myself feeling very isolated as everyone did and I was sitting with myself so much that I just decided to scrap a lot of the songs and replace them with ones that felt a little bit more true to my own mind I guess well speaking of your mind I know you've written I mean even in your early songs were you know birthed from mental health struggles and and facing those head-on like I know for myself, the the pandemic certainly exacerbated some stuff that was already there. Was that something that you had to kind of deal with and then work through in song? Yes. Uh, the Yeah, the pandemic was very revealing for a lot of people, uh, myself included. And a lot of the songs came from like really, really difficult days that were not a result 
per se from the pandemic, but like we're very much made more intense by the pandemic. I'm sorry, is it okay if I let my dog out quickly? Sure. So sorry. Um, but yeah, it was very much more magnified by the time alone and the time in like a brutal Winnipeg winter without anywhere to go to was like a huge impact on, on the songs. Did you start writing them right away when you decided to scrap the prior songs or was it kind of like you gave yourself a period of reflection and then kind of coming out of that you started writing? Like what's, what's that like? Like is, is writing a salve for you or is it something that like once you've kind of done the work that then you can do the songwriting? Um, a little bit of both. Basically what ended up happening was I started, the, the record was done and I had no reason to write. Um, I wasn't working towards a specific project and I was just back to writing for the sake of writing. Um, and I think I just liked what was coming out of that more. Um, I wasn't writing for a specific project. I was just writing to get my feelings out. And then once that was really happening, I was like, oh, I like these songs more than the ones that are on the record. I think I'm just going to swap them out. So that's kind of what ended up happening. Had the prior ones been written with the intent of being on the record? Like, like w when you started writing those songs, it was like, this is for a record, whereas these ones didn't have that directive. So your approach was different? Yeah, a little bit. That was a little bit what it was. Yeah. Is it is it f like freeing to not like feel compelled when it's like creatively like that? Like like it it's the it's an outlet more than a pursuit. Yeah, and I think the songs prior, I was still trying to find my footing as an artist, and it's not necessarily that they weren't authentic. It was just more so that they didn't like reflect um myself I didn't feel as established as an artist when I was writing them I felt like I was still kind of figuring out what I wanted to do so searching your, through your for yourself through those songs versus like knowing yourself and then exploring that in the songs yeah kinda. yeah yeah so, sonically like did you have any touch point songs or albums that you were looking to kind of achieve or or draw on when it came time to like the music on on I Live in Patterns or like how did you approach like because I understand like the lyrics is definitely like exploring your headspace but what were you kind of looking for in the in the like sonic headspace yeah I think sonically I was kind of taking it song by song like there are some songs that are super drastically different than the lyrics uh, like musically like Push It Down for instance sounds a lot more happy than the, the lyrics are the lyrics are definitely darker um or nightmare for instance um i wrote the lyrics with the music and i feel like they are really intrinsically connected and you can't really have one without the other um so it is super song like nightmare for instance i wanted it to sound as chaotic as possible um because the song is about um just how chaotic my head is and I wanted it to sound like what my head sounds like um and then I live in patterns for instance I was drawing on how you feel when you're walking around in some suburban neighborhood and it's really dark and it's like 2 a.m and you feel like garbage and um 
sonically I wanted to capture that too but I was as far as the records I was listening to at the time I had a lot of different influences from like Tegan and Sarah's Sainthood was a really big one production wise um I love let's see I really felt inspired by like Keaton Henson on the like the more sad slower ones um there are some moments that are believe it or not quite influenced by me without you which you wouldn't think um but they're them too they were a big influence and then like I also draw a lot of inspiration from like new wave um and like the cure and door division and like on designated driver for instance um while it does have a more pop production upon first listen I'm playing the entire thing on like a baritone guitar which I wanted to do out of inspiration of like Robert Smith so it's like you know what I mean? Like I was kind of taking bits from everything mm -hmm. like across a wide range of genres and trying to fit them into my own sound. Right. So nightmare, you said, you know, trying to recreate kind of what's in your, your head. Like, how do you, how do you write that out? Like what, what does that entail in terms of like pulling like disparate and kind of like disjointed things happening in your head? And how, how do you like feel like you've achieved that? Like, like, is there kind of like almost like a, a tuning fork that like resonates when you've hit that kind of level of like where things are bouncing around? Yeah, that one was honestly such a unique process songwriting wise for me. Like it, it was really different than other songs that I've written. Um, Cause typically most of my songs are written on like an acoustic guitar or a piano. And then I just add the production later. Um, but that one, I was writing it with Jen DeSilvio in LA, literally like three days before the pandemic started. And um, we were just like throwing shit. It felt like I was throwing shit at a wall and like seeing what stuck. Like it felt like we were just making noises and it feels, the song feels like so chaotic and she would just make a random noise with some instrument and I'd be like that I like that and then we'd just like mix it in with everything else we had and what I love about it is she's so brilliant at taking all these really chaotic sounds but not making it sound messy and she was able to help me like hone it into something that sounded a lot more cohesive and yeah it was it was really fun we just kind of like added shit and had fun with it and I just, if I heard a sound that sounded like my brain, I would be like, all right, put that in. And then we just honed it in. So provided it stuck on the wall rather than like fell off the wall onto the floor, it made it into the song? Yeah. Yeah. Working with like multiple producers and, and like different, like, cause I know that you, you did a collaboration with Alec Paget, uh, like bringing in different people's voices. How much of that is like, I want to have a conversation rather than a monologue and how much of that is like, I just want to have other contributors to kind of like expand my own kind of horizon. Yeah. I think that with this record, I was able to reach a good happy medium because typically I'm not, I don't love when a lot of people are playing on one song of mine. Cause I feel like that's when I start to feel a little less focused. Um, I like, you know, one or two collaborators per song because it helps me expand my range without making me feel lost. 
Um, and so with Alex, um, I really wanted her to sing on the song because almost all of my songs are just like internal monologues. And I just wanted to expand the narrative for once mm -hmm. and like see what someone else is thinking about when they're walking in this like dark suburban street. Um, Cause I know what I'm thinking, but I wanted to hear what other people think. So did you give her that description? Like, Hey, it's a, it's this dark street at night. You're walking. What, what are you saying to yourself kind of thing? Like, is that like, yeah. are you giving direction like that? Yeah. I was like, she was so gracious that like, I, I basically was like, I just want, cause I already love her writing style and she already writes so authentically and poetically that I was like, I would love if you could apply that to this concept. And she did it so well. And she also played off of a lot of my original lyrics um, from the song that the original version is on the album too. Um, and yeah, she just did such a good job. The the song Designated Driver, I, I read uh, a little bit on, I guess it was Melodic Magazine, um, kind of the, I mean, in, interior kind of like thing is this, making your friends making fun of you for the way you drive, but that they still trust you to, to drive. And, and that that's like a support network in terms of relationships. Um, but like you do kind of paint these like literal pictures. And then when you're talking about, I live in patterns and like walking down this street, like, do you essentially like s create like a storyboard for like what the song is or like what story you're like attaching, like a, a song to a, a narrative picture in your head? Like, is that kind of where things spring from? I guess, yeah. I think that's, yeah, I've never really thought about it that way. But I guess when I'm writing songs, a lot of times they start from a very grounded experience and then they start to like, and then I build a narrative off of that that maybe is a bit more metaphorical. So for instance, like Nightmare, the beginning verse is talking about how I had this like panic attack in an airplane and it just kind of like sprung from there and the rest of the song is a lot more metaphorical and all over the place but it stays grounded through a real life experience um so yeah i, I would say so I, I i don't do it intentionally i think i just do it subconsciously yeah yeah uh, sequencing wise what thought did you give into like how the album would build like where songs go like what do, do you think of it as like sort of some sort of like overarching story or is it just kind of like this song hits well so it's the start like how do you how do you build up the the record in terms of like sequencing yeah it was kind of hard to put the songs in a specific order just because there's such as far as in terms of when i wrote them they're a little all over the place um like it's such an anthology and a mosaic of like different experiences in my life all put together at different times um however i do think there is a slight narrative um between the songs like it's pretty bookended with some really heavy religious imagery <laughs> um on purpose like it starts and ends with that but there's not too much of it in the middle um and yeah i think just narratively I just put things where I thought they made sense, but it was a little bit difficult because the songs are a little all over the place. Um, and because most of it is about my own internal monologues, there's less of a storyline and more of just like personal growth. Sure. 
Now, uh, the release show on the third, like, are you playing the album front to back or what, what's the plan for the, the live show? Yeah, we're, we're thinking of playing the record front to back. That's the plan right now. There, if, if one of the songs sounds like dog poop, then maybe I will cut it. But I very highly doubt that it will. <laughs> so the goal is to do front to back with a couple extra songs thrown in there. Um, maybe a surprise cover with maybe a special guest if we if we if that happens maybe a, a new wave cover perhaps potentially uh before i let you go taylor i want to get you to pick a track off i live in patterns that we can play for listeners uh and if you have a reason why you're picking it or an anecdote about the song i'd love to hear that Ooh, um does it have to be one that's out which it's up to you or can it just be one that's yeah i think i think i'll do one that's not out yet then um I would like to choose It's All Right. Um, it's a deep, it's gonna be a deeper cut. It's not a single. Um, however, it is the closer on the record for a reason. I feel like it wraps up everything. And I I made the song with JT Daly in Nashville. I'd written it by myself. And I think it just, the end of the song talks about learning to love the process of growth. Um, and I think it wraps up the record really well because the process is very painful and awful. But I think when you learn to appreciate that it's helping you grow and helping you be more tender and maybe a better person sometimes, that, that it feels like it brings closure to all the experiences that are described on the record. All right, well, we'll give that one a listen. Uh, March 3rd at the Goodwill, presented by Real Love, Taylor Jansen's I Live in Patterns album release. Uh, Taylor, thanks for taking some time and, and best of luck with the launch of the record. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Pastor, can you tell me what it feels like?
Welcome back to Thank God It's Free Range here on 101.5 UMFM. I am pleased to be joined by one of UMFM's newest hosts, host of the Pan-Africanist, Rumbizai. Welcome. Well, thank you. I'm honored to be here. I'm, I'm really excited because uh, when you came in and wrote down your you know proposal, you, you listed a form of music. And I, I generally think I listen to a lot of different styles of music. But when you wrote I'm a piano, I was like, what is I'm a piano? And so... Obviously, you've, you've had a chance to play some stuff on air already, but I wanted to get you on uh, to, to talk about this art form and, and a little about your own sort of musical history uh, and, and do a little learning and hopefully some, some knowledge sharing as well for folks who are listening. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about your, your own sort of musical background. Like, do you recall kind of like, was music played a lot in your home? Do you, can you think back to like some of the early records that your parents played if it was in the home? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I know my mom is a big Roomba fan, so we grew up listening to a lot of Valley Poopa, to a lot of Diamond, even up until now. So we listened to a lot of Roomba in our household. Mm-hmm. I didn't like Roomba at all. I found the songs to be too long. It was, I, it was just not my genre. Mm. My dad was a lot more hip-hop type of person, so my dad listened to a lot of hip-hop as well. And, I mean, a big part of, like, our culture back home was listening to Afrobeats. So Afrobeats is kind of like West and East African, which is not really like a Southern African thing. So to find out we had something like Amapiano, I was like, wait, this is something we could call ours. It, it's something that resonates with us. It's something that looks like me, not just the music in itself, but even the way the people dress. It's something that I could relate to. It was so much closer to home mm. but I myself do sing I enjoy singing um I love singing actually I've been singing from an early on stage it's not something that I've done publicly because I thought I wasn't good at it but I've recently sang publicly um in church it was like this past Saturday and I was like oh I should probably Very do this recently. a lot more <laughs> often yeah so like did you sing at home like sing along to some of the music you heard at home and oh, stuff yeah. initially 
Oh, yeah, all the time. Like, I would sing in the shower, in the kitchen. We'd be doing dishes. I'd start a song. My brother would join in. My parents would join in. And all of us are, like, suddenly singing the same song all the time. A lot of the time, it was Christian gospel music. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Or my mom would start playing her Roomba, her Roomba music. And so, like, we'd all have contemporary to Christian it. gospel or, like, old gospel or There's mix? different types of gospel that we've played. Um a lot of it like I know there's this show back home we used to have it was called Ezomgido which was like a gospel show okay. so it used to have a lot of Zimbabwean gospel which I don't think it fits into like the contemporary gospel genre it's very it's very much kind of like I don't know if I can call it Zimbabwe centric to what a lot of Zimbabweans would listen to in terms of gospel. So then, like, the instrumentation and, and like, tuning and things like that would be much more like Zimbabwean music right. and not, like, what we would think of as gospel in North America? So you would have, like, shakers, you would have a drum. That's kind of, like, the instrument that would be in the songs. You'd also have, like, a mbira, which is um, a Zimbabwean instrument. Yeah. And those are the types of instruments that would be in the song. So it would be kind of, like, a different vibe. And to also understand that, like, for us, gospel, where we come from, it's... It's it's a lifestyle. It's not just it's our culture. It's our religion. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of everything that we do. So you're gonna have like celebration ceremonies, and you would play that type of gospel ceremony, um, gospel music, right? So it was o- often seen as like an offering to the ancestors. That's kind of the type of vibe gospel had back home. Right. Was there any issue with like listening to non-gospel music? Like was like was it a family where like I guess the Roomba is not is non-denominational or at least not religious and I can't I'm sure your dad listened to some hip-hop that wasn't religious oh no there wasn't an issue with it no of course not it was just religion was just a big part of who we were growing up so we kind of also had a lot of that in there and so those are the songs that you sing because they're the kind of like closest to you in that respect oh yeah yeah so when did you first hear I'm a piano like do you know which artist you first heard or Wow, that's a good question. It was so okay. So South African house music has also always been very popular. Mm-hmm. So I think it started with South African house music, and then the first person I heard has I think it was Cabsa de Small. I think that that's the first person I heard. And when I listened to his music, I'm like, oh, this sounds nice. I thought it was house music at first because I'm like, this sounds like house music, right? But the piano in there and like that kind of deep bass in there, I'm like, what is this? Then that's when I heard like, you know, I'm a piano is an up and coming genre of music that we have in Southern Africa. With time, it got more popular. And that's literally like half of my playlist is I'm a piano. Mm-hmm. So it distinguishes itself because of the instrumentation primarily? Like, is that like what verges away from Afrobeats and house to like make it distinct? Like, what can you put a like kind of precise or like some nebulous decision, like d- definition of like what makes it I'm a piano? Oh, wow. Um, it's know, very I'm putting different you on the spot you. here to be like the <laughs> spokesperson for a genre. It's very different from house music, from sorry, from Afrobeats. Like, Afrobeats is you could tell this is not Afrobeats just by listening to it, okay. but there's kind of like this sweet piano sound that's in it you can just you just hear it and you know this is I'm a piano like man you just have to hear it to know it I know like I'm not like musically inclined enough to give you the exact term of what it is mm-hmm. but definitely there's kind of like a deep bass and then the drum and the piano that comes in all together to infuse itself into what I'm a piano is so you said you just have to hear it to, to know it. To know. You just, you hear it and you know. Like, you can be like, this is not Afrobeats. This is not Roomba. This is just Ama Piano. So the, the 
let's let's give folks a, a taste. Of course. I, I asked you to pick some tracks. So the first one that you sent is uh, now I'm I'm gonna get you to pronounce it. So I'm guessing Shilo Lele. Oh wow! <laughs> so I don't even think I pronounce it right myself. I know that it's um, it's Tosa. So the song's called Ngikolele. Okay. And so we're going to give that one a listen. Yeah.
right? Your first taste of Ama Piano here on Thank God It's Free Range, but not the first taste on air. Uh, <laughs> you can hear the Pan-Africanist on Thursday afternoons. Uh, and uh, my guest was uh, great enough to give me some some pointers on, on which tracks you wanted to pick here. So w- what is it about that one that, especially because you listed that first as like choices. So what? It's a good song. It's like a party song, but it's also... You, it's a song I can play whilst I'm studying too. I think that's also what I really love about Ama Piano. It's it's just got a good jive to it. I don't understand the words. It's not a language I speak. Okay. But I've just I've just grown like grown to love the song. Yeah, I was I was curious because I know a few artists like, like Pierre Quanders who won the Polaris Prize last year. His album, he sings in French, he sings in English, and he sings in like three other languages native to where he came from, and. People like I've I've heard people respond to it that are like some people are like I don't know what he's singing about most of the time like four fifths of the time but I love the groove right and some people are like oh he's really speaking to kind of like this pan Africanist kind of thing that like there are a multiplicity of languages and not everyone speaks all of those languages right 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 um so again like I think the second song I sent you its name is Asibe Happy which means let's be happy. Happy is literally English, Asibe is a different language. Um being African, I have always spoken more than one language. That's just what it's always been like and it's like that for a lot of my friends that come from different parts of Africa. And a big part of that is learning to integrate both languages into the society that you live in. Like you could literally start off a sentence in a different language and finish it off in a different language. It it just is how it is. And a lot of the music too is not in one language. It's in multiple different languages. You could have a song that's in like four different languages. You'll have English, you'll have Swahili, you'll have um, f- French, and then you'll have a different like local dialect that that person speaks. And that's just what music is like for us. So then... I, I gather that you're not limiting yourself to like only s- people who sing in the language that like you're most fluent in in terms of like local dialects, right? Like right. You, it's crossing a, a multiplicity of, of things. So like, is there like commonality to any of it? Like, like do you find like certain things are, are popular amongst all of the different dialects, or like, or is it distinctly like this dialect has kind of this style? Mm. Hmm. I would go with different dialects, have different styles. Yeah. But more often than not, you could pick up a few words. So right. you kind of have like a general gist of what the song is talking about. Like, oh, this t- song is talking about love. It's a love song. Like you could make that out, yeah. but you might not fully understand the song. So yes, different dialects definitely have different genres. But then that's also because they, they go to speak to different lifestyles and different types of life that people live, right? Right. Is there like a political element on my piano? Like, are any of the songs kind of like, like social or like protest type songs, or is it mostly like party and like feel good anthems? It's mostly party and feel good anthems, I must say. But just given like the political background of South Africa, I mean, South Africa has gone through a lot politically, like not just from the apartheid regime to even modern day South Africa, where you're looking at like the fees must fall um, movements that have happened within South Africa, the am I next movements that have gone to speak out to violence against women. But it's 
I mean, South Africa is a political powerhouse within Africa in itself, just in terms of the political uprisings that do take place. I know a very popular artist, one of my favorite artists. His name is Loiso. He sang a song. Um, it's not it's not Ama Piano. It's Grijo, which is kind of like also a very popular South African genre where he sang a song that went out to speak to violence against women. And but Ama Piano doesn't seem to take that on. It doesn't seem to take on like kind of like the political atmosphere of Southern Africa. It's just for vibes. <laughs> right. So uh, Asibe, do you know what that word means? It. I think it means let's be happy. Like let's so be. So let's be and then ha- Asibe yeah. happy is like let's be happy. Uh, so this is Kabza Desmal. Yeah. Is is the artist and DJ Mafarisa is is DJing like integral to. Um, piano music the way like it is in hip-hop like where like kind of like there's a vocalist and and some sort of like dj or producer or do you know kind of like what the relationship is with the, the so i think dj maparisa is actually a dj like he can dj parties and all of those things but i think a lot of the artists as well mm. also stand in the dj shoes so when they call themselves dj they they just mean they can throw a gig like they can right. throw a good gig okay so this isn't like like dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince oh, where no. they're like he's the rapper i'm the dj kind <laughs> no. of a thing no it's not a they, distinction they can like just that. they can turn tables they can but mm-hmm. they just throw a good gig okay well we'll give asibe happy a listen
Back here on Thank God It's Free Range, and you just heard Asibe Happy by Cabza Desmal and DJ Mafarisa. Uh, the second selection from Rimbidzai, who is the host of Pan-Africanist on Thursday afternoons here on UMFM, one of our newest shows, talking about Ama Piano music. Um, is there, like, like Ama Piano playlists on, like, Apple Music and Spotify and stuff like that? It's easy to kind of, like, if people search for it. Oh, yeah, definitely. All you just have to do is search up Ama Piano and you have all of these playlists that come up. I know, like, today I was looking through my music and I kind of like, there's that kind of genre button on Apple Music and I saw Ama Piano at the top and I was like, oh, I didn't even know Apple Music recognized that. But there are a lot of different playlists that you can find on Apple Music, Spotify, even just on the internet, like, through YouTube, like, you have different playlists that do come up. Sure enough. So is it, like, how... How many countries does it extend to within African like continent? Like, is it you, like because you're obviously speaking to the South African and like and the but I have to imagine there are other yeah. kind of practitioners. Like, is it has it expanded like continent wide or is it something like kind of very big in the south? So I'm I'm actually Zimbabwean. I'm not South African. Um, so it goes. It's 
It reaches Zimbabwe. Yeah. (laughs) It's mostly popular in Southern Africa. So, like, coming down from from Zimbabwe, Zambia, Mozambique, South Africa, Botswana, those regions. Mm -hmm. But um, moving on to this part of the world, I actually didn't know people didn't know I'm a piano like that until... Most people on this part of the world talk about Afrobeats, right? You talk about your burner boys. Those are the people that you That's do what I was know. Those say. are the that popular. Very people. familiar with those guys. Yeah, but um, I mean, in recent interactions with a few Nigerians, they're like, "Oh, you play Ama Piano? We listen to Ama Piano." And I'm like, "Yeah, Ama Piano is getting to all these different parts of Africa. Like even um, the pop, you want a bumba, you want to chill with the big boys. That was like a popular." Um, challenge that happened or the popular Jerusalem challenge. You saw a lot of people doing those things, but that does come from South Africa. That is South African music. Mm. Okay, so it's 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 reach is growing, and obviously, uh, if people like what they've heard so far, uh, then they can they can check it out. I guess look for the the like button, like you said, on Apple Music, or if you go on YouTube, I suppose, like if you like hashtag ML yeah. Piano or something, I'm sure the search terms will bring you up a lot of artists and just search I'm a piano and it all comes up go like. go down the rabbit hole <laughs> and otherwise you can tune in on on Thursdays at 4 p.m for the pan-africanist you won't just hear I'm a piano though you're not you're somewhat agnostic in terms of the styles <laughs> you what you'll hear a lot of is southern African music right. that's that's what you will hear a lot of so you'll hear a lot of I'm a piano you'll hear a lot of Kwaito you'll hear a lot of Guijo um, you might even hear a lot of kind of like Zim dance hall, Zim sungura, those types of music, those genres of music. That's probably what you'll hear a lot of. Right on. Well, I know you only sent me two suggestions. So I'm going to put you on the spot and ask for one more that we can play for folks. Oh. If there's something, either like a long-standing one you love or like a new 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 burner you're loving. Okay, so I'll give you an artist. His name is Daliwonga. Um, Daliwonga is good, but not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, but a song by Daliwonga would be Abom Velo. So that's A-B-O-M-V-E-L-O. That's a pretty, pretty good song. Awesome. Love Abom Velo. Well, we'll play the pretty, pretty good song. <laughs> Thanks very much for sitting down and talking about Ama Piano with me. Oh, it was an absolute pleasure. It's always a pleasure to, to bring Ama Piano to the world. I think it's, it's a beautiful genre. And as we reach the masses, it also just kind of shows our culture, our lifestyle, who we are, and I think in, in an ever-growing, you know, globalized world, it's it's of paramount importance to see these people, to understand their lifestyles. Yeah, absolutely. That's I'm very excited to have you do that for us on, on a weekly basis on the station. Oh, I'm excited to do that, too. <laughs>
Everybody.